The following program is brought to you by the Humble Farmer Bed and Breakfast in St. George, Maine. Thank you for listening. Have you ever lost your keys in the sand at the beach? Had your credit card stolen from your gym locker or, or left your wallet at the tennis court? If these unfortunate situations sound familiar to you, then perhaps you ought to give up sports. Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. Thank you. 
Scott Hamilton here on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. My wife, Marsha, the almost perfect woman you've heard me tell about. My wife, Marsha, has a generous, rich friend who gave her an expensive but energy-efficient front-end washing machine. That shouldn't surprise you because I'm sure you also have rich friends who know how to get the most enjoyment out of their money. Anyway, I wasn't smart enough. I don't do this often enough, so I wasn't thinking enough. I wasn't smart enough to negotiate delivery when I went to the store to buy this thing. So I ended up dragging it home on my truck and putting it in a cellar all by myself. I couldn't think of anyone who could help me. Now, I might as well have been living in a city. (laughs) Seventy years ago, you can be sure I knew everyone who lived within a mile of here, and most of them were, of course, my relatives. But when I tried to think of someone to help me with that washing machine, I, I realized that I no longer know anyone. You know what I mean. You know how it goes if you're old, you know? Of course, I have good old friends who would be glad to help me, but they can't because they've either had bypass surgery or are thinking about a knee replacement.
Django, and I like that trumpet player because he puts the note <laughs> he puts the note where it should be, doesn't he? I can never remember who it is, and I've heard him dozens of times. I should look it up sometime. There's a difference between playing all the notes and playing all the right notes and, and putting the note in exactly the place where it does the most good. That trumpet player, to my way of thinking, does it. And from time to time, you expect me to impart something that can pass as wisdom. Now, you think I can do this just because I'm old. But because I'm just old and not an oracle, it's hard for me to come up with anything new for you on a regular basis. But luckily, from time to time, someone wearing a sad face throws one my way, and that's when I can pass it along to you right here on your favorite radio station. So here's your wisdom for today if you're ready. You have to listen to this carefully. If for the past five years, You've been carrying your bicycle here and there on the top of your car in one of those roof racks. Think carefully before buying an automatic garage door opener.
that? A seventh? <laughs> Scott Hamilton here. Here on the Humble Farmer, where with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. I am, as usual, the Humble Farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And at 80 years of age, yeah, at 80 years of age, I probably had every medical procedure known to man. At 6 o'clock in the morning, I was the first person in line at the Bangor International Airport. I can't remember now where I was going. The baggage inspectors had just assumed their stations, and as I saw one snap on a pair of rubber gloves, I, I automatically shuddered and said to myself, My, these fellows certainly intend to be thorough. Here's a long one. If you want to go get a cookie, if you want to listen to, for the music and you want to go out in the other room get a cookie, now's a good time to do it. A while back, while trying to compare the United States statistics with Japan and other countries, you know, when it comes to shooting your neighbors, I turned up a curious thing about Accomack County in Virginia. At the time, I said that you might well question the source of 
but for what it's worth, it says, worth a population of around 50,000, it's surprising to hear that over 400 people are murdered there every year, but only 10 are reported. And here's good news if you're thinking about moving there. Only around four of the people killed there each year are residents. Most victims are drug dealers who are murdered out of town before their bodies are usually deposited in the swamps of Accomack County. <laughs> Not like I think of us. What a great name for a book, huh? The Swamps of Accomack County. Anyway, I got a cheerful letter back from a radio friend. Someone heard me say this on the radio. I got this cheerful letter back from a radio friend who gets my weekly wine and snivel newsletter. And this person says, I live in Accomack County, taught school here for 38 years. I live in a little town called Only, pronounced Only, not quite the challenge as Anacook, Wachaprag, Punto Tag, Chino, Chincoteg, Asateg, or my favorite, Asa Woman. Our population ranges in the 35,000 zone. I think last count was up to 38,000. But with all the dead bodies in the swamp, well, hard telling what the population really is. I also found an interest in wondering where all these swamps are. We do have small swampy areas when we get a whole lot of rain. Maybe they meant marsh. We also have a lot of buzzards around here, and I'm sure if a body were dumped in the marsh, someone would soon uh, be curious enough to go see what the buzzards was circling about. It's very flat here. Used to be the highest point of ground was 52 feet above sea level. Well, then they built an overpass and a mountain up the landfill, so who knows? The point is, unlike near my house in the Poconos, there is no convenient crevice where one can dump a body. Did I mention there are no rocks? With all the duck hunters, clam diggers, oyster farmers, marsh muckers, kayakers, watermen, and general nosy people, to say nothing of a huge retriever retriever population, it would be tough to dump a body here on the Shawa. This is a very skinny peninsula, and even though we have miles and miles of marsh, well, let's say I doubt there are that many bodies out there. Now, down near Norfolk, there's the Great Dismal Swamp. That has lots of possibilities. As the local coordinator for our local neighborhood watch, I will alert all the members of our group at the meeting tonight to check any swampy areas they might know of for foreign or local bodies. If you're in the area, drop in. <laughs> we will be meeting at the only fire hall at 7. Always cookies and refreshments of some sort available. Well, this is great to hear from, from you, and though I won't read this person's name... His or her nickname is Possum. Isn't it amazing what you can learn if you ask?
Scott Hamilton here on the Humble Farm. I'm where with any luck at all. You can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you, thank you for listening. It said Connie K. Can it be the same Connie K who used to play drums with Bing Crosby? And speaking of Bing Crosby, I was about to play some Bix. I've got a whole lot of 1928, 1930 Bix tunes on this CD. Bing Crosby singing. And I got thinking you have to be careful playing those. Bing Crosby might, you know, they had words in 1930 songs that you can't even play on the radio today. Be very, very careful about that. Anyway, every morning for years, I got to tell you this, every morning for years I've eaten a thyroid pill. Not a year goes by, but what? one more doctor gives me one more pill, and I'm, I'm not really sure, but I'm probably up to eight or ten pills a day now. So, so here I am at the kitchen counter one morning opening pill bottles, when my wife, Masha, the almost perfect woman, sidles up alongside and says, Why don't you let me put your pills in one of those pill dispensers? Then you'd only have one thing to open in the morning. <laughs> I told her I'd rather open all the bottles, because, after all, a man my age should be getting some exercise.
Bix. When the editor at Portland Monthly asked me for a dry story, I was reminded of an evening visit with lawyer Crandall and Julian Rubenstein. Julian showed us a book he was reading about the good old days in Spain when they used to burn people at the stake. And according to Julian, if your friends heard you were going to be burned at the stake, they would attempt to bribe the fellow in charge of the fire to use green wood. Crandall sat right up and he said, What happened if they used green wood? And Julian said, If they used green wood, the smoke would snuff you in a wink. And Crandall said, What happened if they used dry wood? And Julian said, If they used dry wood, I imagine you would desiccate rather rapidly. And Crandall's eyes bugged right out, and he said, Gee, if it had been me, I, I probably would have before they lit the first match.
do doom. You know very well that stick would have resolved it to the root. Thank you for listening to the humble farmer. I have to throw that in every once in a while because I know every once in a while there's a new friend that tunes in late and says, "Who the devil is this? What am I listening to?" So years ago at a radio convention, I can't even remember where it was, fella from. He'd been on Blue Hill Radio years and years before. I think he was out in Washington at the time. He said, every 15 minutes, you've got to tell people who you are and, and what you're doing. So, I'm going to tell you that I am the... Yeah, I don't share anything on this program. I tell you, I'm, I'm the humble farmer uh, with any luck at all. You can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you. Uh, Every week at this time, right here on your favorite radio station, I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. You probably heard about that man they were executing down south somewhere. Seems as they didn't get his little hat on tight enough, and when they pulled the switch, his head caught on fire. Terrible thing. A lot of people were not pleased about the way things went and caused a fuss, which is how I happen to hear about it. The reporter interviewed someone from, I can't remember the group, might have been Amnesty International, something like that. And this person said, the argument should not be how we execute somebody. The entire concept is flawed because it is still the extinguishment of a human life by the state. This argument will soon be invalid. Like everything else where an inflated dollar is to be had, they will privatize it. Thank you. 
tell me if this kind of thing has ever happened to you. I used to get some old annoyed at a place in Rockland where I used to buy lobsters years and years ago because, well, the first thing they'd do in that store was put a great big double paper bag on the scale and both bags would be treated with something so they wouldn't leak water. And then they'd scoop a lobster out of the tank, you know, using his tail like hold him upside down so his tail was kind of like a ladle and they'd drop that lobster and all that water in that double bag and then they'd scoop another dripping lobster out of the tank and put that in and, <laughs> I was just going to say to you I can't believe it 13 minutes to go and nobody has called to interrupt this program with a telephone call can you believe it? Let me take this phone call here. Hi there, I'm on the air. Could I call you back later? Hello? Well, I guess there's no answer there, so call later. I'm still on the air here. Give me another 15 minutes. Thank you. I was just going to say how lucky I was. That <laughs> Usually I take the phone off the hook so they can't bother us, you know. You know, this is just between you and me. Nobody should be bothering us when I'm doing this. Well, what was I doing? I was telling about lobsters, putting them in a bag, yeah. And I was telling about how they'd scoop that lobster up and put it... <laughs> Hi, I, I'm, I'm on the air right now, and I should have unplugged this phone before I went on the air, because it's, <laughs> it's kind of a private thing between me and the people that I'm... The person I'm talking to on the air, can you call me back in 15 minutes? Okay. There. Right again. Let me unplug it. Might be even a third person call. Who knows? Okay, don't do it right. Yeah, I was just counting. Just, just going to tell you. 13 minutes to go. I thought we'd made it. Here we go again. Can you remember what we were talking about? They would dip in, this guy was dipping this, these lobsters out of the tank, putting all the water in the bag. Anyway, you'd look up when they got done, there'd be a four-foot ceiling fan twirling like an airplane propeller over that bag, pushing it down onto the scale. And you'd end up paying who knows what for compressed air and salt water. Now, 
of course, people from away, people from New York and Boston, expect that kind of treatment when they come to Maine. Because when they get home, it gives them something to tell their friends about. You know, the quaint way people do business in Maine. But when you live here like you and I do, you already get more of that kind of local call on a regular basis than you can afford. So, anyway, one day, when the clerk handed me the bag and told me how much I owed, I just couldn't take it anymore. I reached into the bag. I took the two lobsters out. I gave them back to him. And I said, hey, would you mind? I'll, I'll take these two lobsters without the bag. Please weigh them again. And when he did... I found that the difference came to 85 cents. I was expected to pay 85 cents for the paper bags, air, compressed air, and salt water. And the clerk told me that the boss would be awful mad if he knew I did that. And I know why. Because the man who owned that store used to brag to his friends that he'd paid for his Cadillac by selling the water out of Penobscot Bay.
usually don't apologize. I'm sorry, I forgot to... You know, if you were actually here with me, you could say, Humble, let's uh, unplug the phone before we have this conversation. Anyway, have you seen this combat thing on television? I think they call it absolute fight-in. This absolute fight-in can get pretty messy because you can do whatever it takes to completely destroy your opponent. No holes are barred. I got thinking about this. You know, my friend Lawyer Crandall could be a world champion. He's been handling divorce cases for years. <laughs> 